You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. call this something good network i call it the something bad consortium it's just bad shit constantly 24 7 bad 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 horrible shit i have to listen to eight hours a day while i'm at work because i can't talk to the person next to me because i'm gonna kill them <laughs> and welcome to this week's episode oh that's our fucking opener of oh, the couch potatoes i'm morrison <laughs> and i'm <Jesus>. alex <laughs> welcome welcome <laughs> welcome back coming at you live from midnight on a friday for once not a saturday yeah. uh we're a little delusional but not as delusional as usual but no uh it, th- th- we had to take a week off because uh we are running ourselves fucking ragged chris has not had a day off and i thought i was gonna have to take my apartment complex to a small claims court hell yeah so fun fun weeks just rough all the way out folks oh yeah so much fucking worse that's the way life is look man i'll something good for you what what, we're talking about good shit couch potatoes we talk about real shit (laughs) about the real shit (laughs) and life is fucking tough (laughs) well you know what they say uh living for pussies <laughs> bro i'm telling you man if right like because because facebook and instagram but facebook specifically i still haven't joined instagram i even thought about it yesterday i was like on my phone i was laid up in bed i was just like let's just check it out bro you really should like the dankest of the memes mm-hmm. show up on instagram reels because that's all i was showing you earlier were instagram reels so it's like the dankest of shit pops up there you'd enjoy it but no they love sitting here and being like, hey, remember what you were doing on this day three years ago? Here it is. And I'm like sitting here looking at it, just being like, God damn, for like the last two years, it's been a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> like more than usual. Yeah. And again, as we mentioned before, staring down the barrel of a recession. God damn, it feels like 2008 all over again. God, I remember fucking 2008 like the back of my fucking hand, dude. I graduated high school and started college. But Jeez. does it not feel like 2008's rolling back in again? Fuck no. The Bush years were something special. You can't fucking trip that up. These were Obama years. Yeah, he, but he got a, he became president in 2009. Well, I'm okay. Then the 09, uh, the 9 10 recession is oh what yeah I'm post talking housing about. crash yeah. yeah that that's the era i'm talking the about the dollar was on fire and our vice president shot a guy in the face yeah so yeah. so you know so that that's the era i'm talking about we yeah. were living in virginia we talked about it a little bit on something good for you but yeah it's like we were living in virginia and gas was like 455 dollars yep. a gallon yep. <laughs> we had two cars but we're only using one i was uh, i was making minimum wage which was Probably still the same, actually. Seven twenty-five an hour. Five and a Dodge Ram twenty-five hundred V eight, and gas was four thirty-five a gallon. And I drove from the west side of my county to the center of my county Ouch. to go to work. Ouch. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking bullshit. Yeah, so you know, it, it's. I, don't I had know. two jobs in high school. Like that's not a joke. Like I had two part-time jobs in high school. It's fucking ridiculous. I love, I love the meme of um. 
it shows like this guy like you know hands on his head like scratch and he's like stressed out like looking at like all these bills and it says you know my dad during the 2009 housing crisis xyz and then it was like me in the living room and it's like the same guy but like in a super tight fitting shirt sunglasses playing like dance dance revolution like really low on the ground (laughs) and it's like the most rave music ever and it's like all these lights flashing not a care in the world (laughs) we're we're technically in a recession now but i don't know shit's high (laughs) shit's been high for a while it's higher in giraffe balls yeah as long as you keep the beer cheap and the gas cheaper you think you think it'd be all right well dude it seems like pizza and costco uh hot dogs are the two things that are recession proof so well the guy that runs costco the ceo of costco threatened to stab the fucking cfo because he said we need to raise the price of the hot dogs that's a fact that's a fact they had a fucking board meeting and one guy looked at the other guy he's like hey i think he's pissing jim off he's like why uh, well, well, we can't have dollar fifty fucking hot dogs. We we got to raise the price. And the guy's like, if you ever raise the price, I'm going to fucking stab you. <laughs> Keep that in mind. That's how CEOs are. They're psychopaths. Oh, but if you I have but to if be. I, I have to agree. Don't you ever, ever touch my goddamn price line. You know, I don't care. Like you know, Sam's Club loses thousands of dollars a month on chicken because of the, all the rotisserie chickens they make that don't sell. They end up turning to chicken salad or some shit. And I'm just like. Yeah, we used to do that like at low, smaller grocery stores, but you guys—you almost said Lowe's. Yeah, when I worked at Bilo, when I worked at Bilo, yeah. like that's what they did. But they weren't making three hundred and sixty goddamn rotisserie chickens. They were making yeah. like twelve, <laughs> like, and like they all got fucking sold, motherfucker. It just blows my mind how much stuff is being made. And like I remember, uh, uh, I applied for a job for a Sam's Club in their bakery, and I was just like, "So what do y'all do with all this stuff?" He's like, "Oh, we just throw it away." Yeah, they don't even like donate to like food banks or anything. Yeah. And, I, and I, I'm that's, not even one of those hippie hippy guys. But like seriously, I will say that's the best thing about like a Panera bread. Everything's made that day and thrown out that night because they can't resell it. Yeah, because it's not one day fresh. Right, right. And so they just hire churches to come pick that shit up. And yeah, like food bank. I'm just like that's fucking genius. Exactly. And, but, and, and but again, and I'm not even like the, that super duper hippie bullshit. Or like you know, I, I try to be as humanitarian as possible, but at the same but time, people are asses. I was gonna say people are asses, and I'm also the charity case. Yeah. So it's like it's really Help hard me, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but no. So it's like I I'm not even like you know I need to be better at it. But that is one of those simple things that main organizations could easily get behind mm-hmm. is like if you throw out food at the end of the night reach out to the local food banks reach out to shelters reach out to churches they will gladly take the day old bread they will gladly take the you know slightly old packaged food that like maybe in two days is going to be genuinely bad because guess what tomorrow morning someone is going to eat it that needs it i don't know how far you ever watching that tiger king stuff where he would buy the meat like two episodes i got two episodes yeah, in yeah that like episode four where it really goes to hell is when they talk about what he was feeding the lions to, uh, lions and tigers i was about to say bears <laughs> <laughs> lions and tigers and bears the gay bears <laughs> but uh like he would buy like old meat and it's like it's not technically expired you just can't sell it and yeah. it was just like giant packs of bologna and just like and they're just like taking knives to it and like pour it into a fucking trash can and like toss it to fucking lions i'm just like that digestive system of a lion or a tiger i don't think can process fucking turkey assholes and fucking baloney like or like 
Heinz hot dogs or some shit. Like, well, I mean, think about it. They, they eat a, an entire animal. Yeah, but like it's, it's very that's gonna be fresh, right? But like there's gonna be blood and sinew that keeps them alive. But like five hundred day old chicken carcasses ground up into a, a wiener. I don't think. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, I don't think that's great for them. I'm not saying it's bad for them. I'm just saying it's not great. No, well, it's Maybe, not great for us either. No, but like we're humans. We evolved. Like I have a whole thing about human evolution that's coming up. It's fucking it's insane. People aren't born with wisdom teeth anymore from what I find out. It's disgusting. Yeah, seriously, man. I, I, I peel back the curtain in the, in the couch potato chat, aka me and Chris's Facebook message. Yeah. <laughs> the group chat. Uh, he's been telling me a bunch of plans for Triple C and the other show he's been working on, so no worries. We, I have to we like got cher- some cool I have shit to like coming literally on. cherry pick content because I'll get so enveloped on been like this conspiracy is part of this cult and they saw this cryptid or they fucking did this thing like is a jackalope fucking real fucking maybe now I don't know I'm so well, f- you know what you ought to do <laughs> because you know uh, how last podcast does it Marcus actually writes out a script yeah He's he, also he telling tight, a story. He, well, yeah, he writes out a script. That way he keeps everything in line. Since you've been going so hardcore with some of these recent ones, why don't you start typing out some scripts? That way, mm-hmm. when you do the episodes, you know exactly how you want to tackle it, where all your details are going. And that way, maybe these episodes could be a little bit more narrative driven. Yeah, I've, I've, I've written like seven outlines cool. for seven different episodes. And I, I keep going back and I'm like, let me. Season sh-. two. But yeah, there's something I'm just going back and like rewriting stuff. On my break i'm just like don't mention baby blood here <laughs> like, like don't mention like lizard people are part of the fluoride part of the water and i'm just like don't add that in there that's gonna that's gonna trail off and then i gotta talk about fucking nestle and like, <laughs> because seriously because we could even promote like the new episodes like you know season two of yeah. crypto conspiracy cold is out now yeah. um but honestly with season two uh we could go about it in the way of because we kind of joked about it on previous episodes like teacher chris yeah professor chris because i sent you a link to some really good usb microphones yeah. um that are going to be rather inexpensive to uh, get that way we can do some zoom calls and i would say through that i could even just pop on and be like all right chris what you got for me today? Yeah. Uh, and then we can just roll in, and that way we can kind of keep those episodes going easier, too. I'm doing, a, I'm doing the outline for the other show as well. That'll be coming up as soon as fucking possible. Um, I was going to say, you even recorded like three test episodes, and yeah, I think it, all those are... Yeah, <laughs> so we're, we'll be going back through those and trying to land and do a better outline, but uh, that one's going to be... Better more, audio, because yeah. you've learned more on your audio side yeah, and yeah. everything else. Yeah, so... That one will be more of a narrative driven because we'll be talking about, like I'll go ahead and say, we'll be talking about history yeah. that probably your teachers were told not to teach you because of uh, <clears throat> bread states. But like, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, the important shit. And there's a lot of stuff going on right now for my co-host who is a teacher mm-hmm. who uh, probably couldn't teach these subjects in real life. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be a fun episode. There's so it's going to be an actually educated show. Yes. The first one on the network with actual smarts and education and not us just sitting at the hip going, you know about the chupacabra and, and like, the beavis and the buttheads? So the person across me has a fucking degree. So yeah. like, that helps. Yeah. So, so you're actually going to have knowledge and, you know, actual learning on mm-hmm. a show here on the Something Good Network. Holy crap. It's not just going to be mindless 
endless brain entertainment. No, you're going to learn something, motherfucker. You're going to learn today, boy. And I always learned, like, I, I, I love working with a person that's going to be doing this because we've done this. These were, like, the casual conversations. Like, me and you would drive to West Virginia to come back down or hang out and talk about Star Wars and this and that, like, basically this show. But with her, it was just like, did you know <laughs> Thomas Jefferson wrote his own Bible? <laughs> it's just like, like, they didn't tell us, tell us in school until we showed up at his house. Like, <laughs> It was odd, <laughs> and like you know, all the parts of history that kind of get blasted over, or, yeah. or like the truth behind certain these things. And hey, why did they stop teaching this, or why did they change their minds? You know, it, well, the winners write the history books. Goddamn right, it's written for the zebra. <laughs> okay, like <laughs> to keep them all nice and calm so the lion can eat them. <laughs> so yeah, we've got great shit coming up in 2013. 2022 was a weird year. That that was me and Chris really trying to find our footing, figure out what couch potatoes was going to be, figure out what something good for you was going to turn into. And it feels like this year, everything kind of just clicked into place. Something good for you got figured out. We figured out a good narrative and way to roll this episode. That way we kind of felt more free to do more experimental things on this show. Cryptic Conspiracy Cults getting more episodes lined up. We got another new show rolling. I've been hammering it into Russ that we need to pick up a new show. So looks like 2023. And we finally got merch. So this year is finally the year after a couple of being just kind of stagnant that the something good network's picking up a little steam yeah and by the way welcome all new listeners i've been watching the numbers they've been steadily growing that's awesome uh get new members in the discord sign up link is in the description of this episode have some fun with us share some memes all that shit and we will shame chris into making an instagram <laughs> hey i'm fucking chris hey how you doing and that'll just be my videos everyone all right let's talk uh let's talk about the jackalope <laughs> man i'm telling you i find it so funny so you refuse to make an instagram and dave refuses to make a discord that's fucking awesome <laughs> my two main co-hosts refuse to get on the two platforms that use the promotion for this show the most instagram yeah. and discord so conspiracy wise maybe it's because we went fucking watched <laughs> <laughs> not on discord maybe you don't know that. I'm the moderator. I'm watching you. Say you. that. You say that now. You think you have control. Like when you made your first Farmville account, you think you have control, but you don't. You <laughs> fucking don't. <laughs> but I put my farm here. Yeah, I made two by accident because I traded. I made a new account. Yeah. Just to, just to like double up on the game and see how much I could fuck with it. Did you ever play? Like, did you really play Farmville a lot? Not a lot. I played it when it first came out because other people I knew were made it. And there's like, it was before Fallout Four came out. <laughs> where you could actually make a settlement that was worth a fuck that yeah. didn't die when you and didn't. before Minecraft. Yeah, but it was also one of those things where it's just like, oh god, I need to get back on the fucking computer on this fucking website to play this game when I can't just like press pause because it dates out because yeah. the game happens in real time. And I'm like, I hate these fucking games so goddamn much. <laughs> See, I never fell into Farmville. I think the only trendy play with your friends game I really fell into was Words with Friends. I was really good at that. I play. Well, I know you are. <laughs> I play Word with friends and draw me or draw with friends yeah, yeah draw uh yeah draw uh, draw fee yeah it is something it was one of those you're given a word you gotta draw it out the other I always drew a dick. Gonna guess i just kept drawing a dick and it's like it's not a dick <laughs> big dick it, it's an invitation yeah <laughs> it's an invitation the <laughs> bicep and oh no, that's a dick bro that's <laughs> a dick bro. i'm passing out the dick invitation you know it was a dick. yeah look at it, it looks like a dick <laughs> thanks luigi <laughs> 
But yeah, so fun shit coming up, and I think it's about time for us to move on to our news segment. Bunch of shit has been and has not been happening in the news world, um, and we'll get into that in our main topic, uh, because there's been a lot of no news coming out of hollywood yeah um but a lot of big news coming out in the gaming world yeah uh most notably tears of the kingdom dropped last week uh two weeks ago at the time you're hearing this um and i still believe in my heart of hearts that's part of the reason why we didn't record last week no i i had worked six days straight i had all i wanted to do was play tears of the kingdom well no i had one day off and i spent it with the other co-host christy to just relax yeah and get my fucking mind off making parts and we're just like hey we're going out to eat anyway let's let's stop over at gamestop i just want to see if they have it they had two copies everything was else sold out because i thought about digital then i found out digital sold out think about that for a second wait 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 it wait, sold the, nintendo wait. issued apologies to people who tried to buy it digitally because they ran out you know what it takes for a company that big to run out of a product digitally that means their server fucking stopped working that means they had a pre-programmed limit of megabytes to gigabytes to the customer and it fucking stopped this is the first time it's ever happened I know. I was about to say, how do you run out of a digital product? The server stops working. That well, yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you explained about sitting here initially, just thinking you're like that just gets duplicated at transaction. Yeah. Like that's forever available. Like yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, Nintendo issued a giant apology about it. Uh, I've read it on uh, Kotaku for a second, then I've had to find a different article right, because right. that's a stupid fucking website. Yeah. Uh, but I kept reading about it, and it was opening night. Digital copy downloads had a set limit and they hit their limit too fast before they could like reboot the system wow and the eShop, you know was a big big thing people even on like or like on instagram facebook and stuff talking about like uh what the fuck just happened because all the pre-orders came through first and the pre-orders were so high they had to compensate with the uh with the main server that was going to issue the next day so they literally ran out of fucking space to upload wow but I buy dig- uh, hard copies yeah. because of this stupid fucking reason because I never trust the internet. But no, they, I walked into a place they're like, oh yeah, we only have like two left. You're, yeah, you're good. And I'm like, this is day after opening? Because I went that Sunday and got it. And I was kind of surprised I even had a copy. I was just going to there for, just for shits and giggles. And yeah. Like, yeah, they might have it. If not, I could you know, trade in this Mario and Pokemon game that aren't mine. <laughs> okay, yeah. I was looking it up uh, when you were explaining that. So... I figured the technology would have improved a little bit more from this, but say you were to go into your GameStop and you can actually purchase physical copies of games that are download codes. Mm -hmm. That code is what your Nintendo Switch, your Xbox, your PlayStation, whatever, that's what your system reads when you purchase that thing so you get like your individual key whether you see it or not you're provided your own key they ran out of keys they only pre like what you're saying so it's like it wasn't necessarily the server bowed out they only they made a certain amount of keys thinking like okay we'll, we'll need you know ten thousand codes whatever whatever so they pre-programmed in like ten thousand two hundred thousand however many codes they needed in a randomizer and they ran out of them yeah 
that shocks me. Yeah. I figured technology would have improved since then where it's like at purchase, a randomizer code is created yeah. and a copy about, is what, made. 16 digits, so you got like 160,000 different fucking variations. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the 26 letters and 10 fucking numbers you can use for every goddamn one of them. An extra 26 if you go lowercase. So like it, it kind of does astonish me that Nintendo didn't plan that far ahead. But I will say What's the review, man? Because again, because we we have a fully full, established that I'm the Mario kid, you're the Zelda dude, guy. I gotta say, like I've only played about four hours of it. The graphics are fantastic. The gameplay is magnificent. They fixed a lot of bugs that I thought, like some you know button mashing kind of bugs. Uh, kind of like uh, how they fixed the jump mechanic after 64, where it's just like, oh yeah, I could double jump. It's fine. Okay. Uh, you were describing to me like the comparisons between Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom with like the opening. Yeah, so scenario. like so going to people who have played Breath of the Wild, it's been out forever. Uh, when you leave in Breath of the Wild, when you go into the open world, you see the world as it is. You see where the borders are. You see where places you need to go, and you from there on can make a decision on how you play the game. Which and is that was like even the huge selling point of the game. Like that was what was shown on like Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimball, yeah. one of the Jimmy late night yeah. shows, and it is what you see in the trailer like this is a gameplay footage this isn't a cinematic from a playstation or xbox game nintendo is very good about showing you what's you're playing and that was such a cool aspect of this game in this one the game starts off in the sky in the mountains that are floating above the sky and you don't see the bottom until you get to where you need to be in the game to learn every trick because the game's really good about setting that up kind of like the original mario games was like hey and if you go left guess what there's nothing happens if you go left there's a uh like in super mario brothers and snes was if you go left hey there's a lot of jump mechanics here there's some power-ups but if you go right there's a yoshi mm. so like you know what i say like oh in the super mario brothers yeah, yeah. so like world that, yeah but yeah when you play those games it sets you up kind of like 64 where it's like hey let's learn how to jump let's learn how to pick up stuff let's learn how to dodge and all this and the game teaches you that very quickly within the small world where you can't really move around. Nintendo has already stated because of this, all their next Zelda games are going to be sandbox because of what they can do with the limited amount of storage space on a cartridge and all right. uh, they, uh, a link. Um, but in this one, once you get past that first intro chapter, like you do in Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, there is a free fall that basically happens and you are just literally diving into the world of of breath of the wild basically it's the same world basically of hyrule and i was gonna say it wasn't it was, yeah hyrule. yeah but you you can look around like a full 360 view at the sky the ground and everything that borders the world and not only did they expand the world into these higher areas above ground where the land floats it's a very uh, acrobatic game but they've built a world underneath and they've had and they've had for me a really good horror effect for a game like Nintendo made by Nintendo. So that's something that Nintendo's not really known for on the horror aspect. Like yeah. the best one is probably Luigi's Mansion, but that's you know it's cartoony fun. Yeah. Uh but this one it's pitch black. You got to work, you got to create light and stuff like that. And this is only just like a subpar of the game that I've gotten to because I found a big hole in the ground and just jumped in the motherfucker. I could have died. I didn't give a shit. But like the game, tell, uh, you know, ferries back to the Breath of the Wild. And I found out, um, doing more research about the game, if you have a save file uh, on their Switch of Breath of the Wild and your progress, that ports over 
to the new game. Not your character, but certain things you have found in your Breath of the Wild game ports over to the new game. Oh, that's cool. Like your inventory and or what have you. And it's about goddamn time. <laughs> I'm serious. Like all these people made these great sequel storytelling game, Mass Effect, fucking Fallout, you know, Skyrim, you know, all these things. You played that character from beginning to end and you want something that show for it. When you create a legacy title, hey, this is a cool thing you, you get in the new game. Can you imagine if Mario does that next? If you had a, let's say Mario Kart 8. You got Mario Kart 8. You've been a loyal customer. They do Mario Kart 9 Grand Prix special or something like that. Hey, if you played the game a certain way, guess what? You get to port over your carts and get better mm, upgrades. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, wouldn't that be nice? You know, kind of like po- be, be nice. nice. Yeah. <laughs> Pokemon did this because they did the whole backtracking and everything. I could imagine just some Put guy. Put the link cables together, yeah. transfer your old Pokemon. I got, my, I got my Game Boy Color daisy chain to my SP, daisy chain to my fucking DS. Got the 3DS. <laughs> and now I got the Switch and it's just like, this Bulbasaur will last forever. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a cool little feature they added for fans of the game. Absolutely. Know, because, you know, I will say this game is $70. This is the highest It's market. the first $70 Nintendo Switch game. I paid 47 because I had a gift card. <laughs> and that's the only reason I'll walk into a GameStop. That's basically a thrift store for nerds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. It's become a toy show. It's become a KB Toys and like the Kmart gaming section grammed together. And it's just like, dude, the internet really fucked Kith. you. Yeah, yeah, the internet really fucked you in the ass. Dude. <laughs> like, God damn. And like then I went, then I kept thinking about the whole stock market thing. I'm just we should have just let them fail. Just let them get <laughs> fucking raked over the coals and then burned the place to the ground. And they were about to, man. Yeah. I was I was following there's this, there was this one kid on YouTube. I guarantee you I couldn't find him now. But he used to work for GameStop, like in the um not like in the actual stores, but like not there's like a middle ground between the stores and corporate. Yeah. He worked there. So he was part of like imported emails and eventually he left and then started sharing those emails and was talking about how far they were in the ground and how many stores are about to close up and that they were about to file for bankruptcy. Literally a month later is when all that stonks stuff happened with to the moon and GameStop and everything AMC and all that shit. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting. It's a little weird. Yeah, I think I think what bothered me the most when we were talking about when I I was talking to people about the GameStop thing, I'm just like, do you remember how much of a shit fucking store that is? Fuck them, dude. They they take me five dollars for a game I paid twenty five dollars on like two months ago. Get the fuck out of Kiss here. Kiss my ass. Well, they were throwing whole games in the fucking garbage. I remember working at Bilo, and they opened a GameStop, and uh, one of the guys I worked with like jumped the fence and got into the dumpster, and they like had all the games they had purchased from people like thrown the fuck away. Yeah, like OG Xbox games. Yeah, like PlayStation games. games and, shit. Yep. and I was just, like, they were in the little uh, paper CD packs, and I'm just like. Yeah, there, there was a. I remember that scene on YouTube too. There was a bunch of people like hopping fences, yeah. d- dumpster diving behind GameStop, and yeah, and th- they'd walk away. I mean, it was all like the dollar and five dollar bin stuff but they were still yeah. games yeah but like they they product they destroyed the whole market and i think there's a lot of you know it's a conspiracy really but like is gamecube cause of the new vintage video game market rise and crash you know it's just yeah. like yeah it is yes it totally fuck it is it's like, <laughs> it, 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 like if i went to a comic shop and they had like old comics on the wall and they decided to start burning them one by one just to increase the value of the other ones they had that would be insane. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, GameStop is responsible for probably the worst era of, you know, hard copy gaming. <laughs> no, I would agree. And uh, 
a little bit of uh, movie news, um, a little bit more of a backtrack than anything, but Chris has finally seen Ant-Man uh, Quantumania because it is now out on Disney+. Plus. Yep. Um, and Wakanda Forever. Along with Wakanda Forever, which I still need to watch. Um, but now that you have seen um, Ant-Man, I figure we can t- take a couple minutes to talk about maybe some high points, low points. Uh, yeah. What's your overall review of it, rating? I give it a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10? The jokes were solid. They were still funny. You know, you still got Paul Rudd doing a fun thing. Uh, there are some plot issues that I'm not too like upset about. You know, the Bill Murray thing was fun. I could see how they were trying to do like the Kurt Russell and the Jeff Goldblum thing. It's like, hey, you remember this? Hey, how cool this guy is? Yeah. Let's just let's just put him right here for like five minutes before he gets eaten. <laughs> but like, <laughs> well, which did you like better, the Bill Murray or the Jack Black? Because both of those kind of felt on the same level to me. I like I like the Bill Murray one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that that was just a, just a fun little cameo. It. it and the fact that you still have, you know, Kirk Douglas, fucking Michelle Pfeiffer and everybody, you know, coming together and being fucking kind of slapstick fun. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it's cool seeing those guys be funny. Because I remember the first intro to uh, the first promo for Ants was Paul Rudd. And fucking, yeah. Like, Kirk Douglas just like, Ants. 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 And I'm just like, this feels like that. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, this feels like that. It, it's funny. It, you know, it's, it's, it's a joke upon a joke. And... I can see where they're trying to set up something. I like the end credit scene. The post credit scene were really good. Uh, but with the whole MCU all together, I can see with watching that and Wakanda forever, like back to back, there's a nice little like third generation. They're trying to set up of like young kids being active in it. And from what I understand, they're not going to be using the same guy anymore for Kang or it's up in the air right now. Well, okay. So the reason why we're kind of talking about this now, since it is out on Disney Plus, has been out for a minute. Duh, spoilers. I was going to ask, what was your thought on Kang the Conqueror and them feeding through that line? Because the first little glimpse of this character we got, Jonathan Majors, um, was he who remains at the end of the timeline in Loki. Um, Sylvie stabs him. He goes, see you later knocks out now we've got kang the conqueror and in the movie we get to see a bunch of other kang variants um they're not called kang the conqueror it's kang the blank or blank blah 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 blah, but it's the same person multiverse if you've seen the movie you get it the kang the conqueror though at least canonically in lore in the comic books he was the one that conquered all he beat all all the other Kangs. He is Alpha Kang. Yeah. How do you think about him kind of being just the exiled Kang and like defeated kind of so easily, even though maybe temporarily he may not be fully gone, but yeah, like kind of thwarted yeah. easily. I wouldn't I, say defeated. It's one of those things like we talk about villains compared to what they are in the movie and what they are in like the comic realm because as badass as the villains are in the comics, it's hard to portray that on screen without killing a lot of, you know, cast members. Uh, even Marvel's good at bringing those fuckers back. No one's ever truly gone. Yeah, no one's ever truly gone, but like, except for Scarlett Johansson. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but like, it was a fun character. He was menacing. He was villainous. I could see where they were trying to go for him. I didn't see his kind of ending happening, but we don't, you technically don't see him die. He disappears. Yeah. We assume he's dead because we hear the other Kangs basically say, yeah, he's finally dead. Whatever. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, and 
when you're trying to set up a villain like this, which is like multi-dimensional, it's going to be hard to fucking keep people's attention if they haven't seen the other 55 volumes of content. Yeah. So I think this is going to be very hard for them to tell. If they decide to change the actor, from what I understand, it's going to be even fucking harder. That is going to be because in Hollywood news, um, Jonathan Majors uh, has not been staying out of the public eye in a positive light. He's some, there was an incident that happened a while back before he was in Dizzy. And it's come to bite him in the ass. Yeah. So, but from what I've been able to tell, again, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Um, he's not had his court time. And even sources are saying that the case seems flimsy. So, who knows? Maybe it's another Justin Roiland situation. Could be. Uh, I've just got to stay away from it. I just kind of wait and see. Yeah. Uh, I did hear, like a lot of options that were being batted around at the time was John Boyega. And I was just like, that guy could do a villain, a funny guy. John, John Boyega needs a redemption arc. Yeah. Because they fucked him at star Wars. Big time. They fucked him at star Wars. He deserved to be a Jedi or at least force sensitive. Yeah. Or get some of that Ray. You know what I'm saying? You just got to let it out there. You, know? <laughs> you don't just like plop it on the table and not say anything about it. Look, you know? everyone wanted him in Poe to fuck. So. Yeah, yeah. The fucking gay, gay, gay Reddit fucking <laughs> lost their goddamn shit over that because he hugged a man. <laughs> goddamn. It's just like, okay, yeah, they're gay now. Fuck it. I don't care. It's Disney. They're fucking burning down. From what I understand, they're leaving Florida. Like, <laughs> but yeah, so I enjoyed the movie. I, I did think it was a little odd that the conqueror was kind of thwarted so easily. Um, but from what I was able to also hear or from what I was able to tell with like different Reddit posts and YouTube videos and articles and everything else being posted is that the ending was reshot many times. Um, the prevailing rumor was that in the initial draft, um, Scott Lang dies. Yeah. Kang, see, Kang lives and Scott dies. Yeah, and I could see that being played out in another future. Well, the movie. thing was, is kind of rethinking the movie. I'm like, you know what? I can see how in that fight, in the very end, how that was actually kind of open for Scott to die. Yeah. So that would have been a little interesting. Yeah. I, I think it would have been fine if they did kill him. I think that would have had some dynamism and some responsibility kind of of storytelling when you're trying to tell a story like this it's okay for killing heroes every now and then it's, yeah it's okay if they die well so this this may be maybe my and problem plus you're, playing, you're, play, you're playing the fucking russian roulette when it comes to storytelling when you're doing multiversal stories it's like oh i got uh i got paul rudd from uh the costco and so, earth 666 over here so like yeah he's ant-man now and so th this is maybe my current problem with the two phases we've had take out if you don't like the storytelling or the characters they've brought into it okay outside of the unfortunate death of chadwick boseman and them having to deal with getting a new black panther ever since endgame there's been no stakes in any of the movies We've not had any major death. We've not had any major stake that has led to like a, oh shit, what might happen? Yeah. Everything has been kind of, for better or worse, self-contained. Yeah. Which can work as a positive, but with this tapestry <laughs> that they've woven, it really feels like we would be getting 
more dire consequences yeah. for things. Yeah, yeah. So like go go to that. Like the dire consequence in this movie was Modok died. Yeah. Like, like but like even that was just like it's not Doctor Strange. Wanda died. Mm. I'm sorry, she's not dead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, she's not dead. Uh, and, and it's like in the Captain America sting didn't really set in because we immediately got a new Captain America. Yeah. So it's like, we don't even have the, the only one that's not been fully replaced is Tony Stark, but we are getting Ironheart soon. Yeah. So if you watch Wakanda forever, there is a, a stand in, which works perfectly, you know, child genius chick who, who's real big fan of the Iron Man tech. So she makes her own shit and it worked out like it, Plot wise, storytelling, everything—it worked great in that movie. The movie yeah. Wakanda Forever is a is a good. I'll give the same rating, seven out of ten. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff you have to deal with when a real person dies, who's the face of a fictional character. So you you got to do a lot of backtracing, a lot of storytelling, like yeah, aerobics, juggling, <laughs> juggling, yeah, like to, just to get it right. Yeah, but but going back to Ant Man, I I was fine with the King the Conqueror whole storyline. The fight scene at the very end did feel like there were stakes, and it was just like a beat down uh, of a main villain fighting a let's just to say like a B superhero basically yeah. who well, is he's it? an ant superhero, not a B superhero. Yeah, uh, he's an uncle superhero too. Um, <laughs> hey, but like. All right, he saved his wife. He saved his kid. He saved his basically, you know, Hank and what's her name. So he he saved him, Janet Van Dyne. Yes. So you. he said he saved them, and it's just him and the bad guy. This is the best part of the movie. Hey, Kang. Yeah. Fuck you, dude. Fuck <laughs> yeah. You, and it was basically like that that whole like thing across it. Hey, where's my fucking money? And just. <laughs> and just runs away. Uh, but like or, or like the other meme is just like fuck you. You don't even know my name. What's your name? Kang, well, fuck you, Kang. <laughs> but yeah, so I agree. I I did really enjoy it. and and the stakes. Yeah, I I would agree that did have some stakes at the end, but but not like a death stake, but like yeah. a oh no, is this going to have greater implications than the wider MCU kind of stakes? So yeah, I, I don't know. I I just feel like maybe we're missing a little bit of um tenseness and i don't know how would you want it if how would you want it to end with ant-man well how would you want it to end honestly ant-man 3 i would have i would have actually kind of liked if scott died not for any reason of like i don't like his character i really like his character a lot um especially coming from not giving a fuck about ant-man like knowing about ant-man and not giving a fuck (laughs) uh the, the character's grown on me. The MCU portrayal is really good, but I think that would have pushed all of this a little further when the remaining Avengers and people that worked with Scott here, he died and it's like, Oh shit. Who are you? I'm Cassie. I've got his tech. We're here to fuck some shit up. Yeah. You know, that, that would have maybe added a little bit more urgency to you know, the leading plot of, you know, the Kang dynasty. I don't know. I'm not trying to just randomly kill people. I just want a little bit more oomph in my movies right now. Yeah, that's what, you know, you need to, you know, especially if you're trying to make, you know, billion dollar movies back to fucking back consecutively and concurrently where you're basically fighting yourself at the movie theater. Yeah, I would think, maybe take your time. Yeah. Uh, Like how I would have ended it was they both get sucked in that portal that he opens Mm -hmm. and and kills Kang. But they both just disappear, and like we see the concussion, like the repercussions of Cassie and all the other side. Oh God, Scott's dead. He's back there. No, he's gone. He's gone, gone. Yeah. And then 
I would have done a callback to fucking Endgame where they're in the Soul World. Oh. Hey, who's there? Gamora's there. Black Widow's there. Mm. Hey, guys. What's it going? And they're just like, what the fuck are you doing here? You know what I'm All saying? All right, we got to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like they're just trying to like figure out how to get out of there. And it's just well, no, like, it's like they're just like, is there a way out? And then it's like that black screen with the. Yeah. <laughs> fuck it. These characters will be back in. Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Secret Wars or some stupid shit. And I'm just like. Yeah, I think I would. That's how I would have done it, but that's yeah. always that wishful thinking, just like Star Wars. <laughs> and speaking of Disney Plus, uh, they've also recently added all three Tobey Maguire Spider Man movies and the first Andrew Garfield and the first Tom Holland movies. So now we can watch those whenever we like on Disney Plus. When they put Morbius on there, I'll give a shit. Venom's on there. I know, but Morbius needs to be on there. Just maybe like at our other section. Actually, it might be. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Because it's morbid time. <laughs> well, do you have any other news segments for us, Chris? Uh, yeah. So, uh, one of the weirdest things, I, I, I don't know really how I feel about this. Uh, so, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has done their inductions. Uh, their special guest induction was Willie Nelson. Of all the country stars of the original four that were awesome, Willie Nelson would have been my last fucking pick. Really? Johnny Cash could be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Chris Christopherson is a badass. Is Cash mother. not? No. But they're adding, Johnny Cash is not in the Rock and Roll I Hall of Fame. So, Le- I don't believe so. I'm going to look that uh, up real okay, quick. Right, why are you doing that? So they added Willie Nelson to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, I'm thinking about rock and roll musicians. Right. And I don't know how you feel about like the Hall of Fame kind of situation. I know it's kind of blase for a it's lot a of people. It's a crock shit. <laughs> There was a band who was nominated who is definitely not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that probably helped create metal that we know today. Fucking Iron Maiden got snubbed. Yeah. They were nominated, got snubbed for Willie Nelson. And I was reading the whole thing about this. I'm just like, what the fuck? Because I'm just like, really, guys? This is how you're going to do it again? Okay. Johnny Cash was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 92. Okay. I was sitting here going, I was like, Johnny Cash but isn't you, in the Hall of Fame. But, if you're going to, but, of, but of country musicians who did country music being beset into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And it's just like, why are they in there? Right. No, I agree. Yeah, I mean, well, like, I mean, that's what Dolly did. She's like, if, "Honey, if I'm gonna be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I'm gonna earn it." And now she's releasing that Rock yeah, and Roll record. She kept, she kept getting nominated and nominated, and they're just like, and she snubbed it, and she's like, "No, thank you." Yeah, which is fine. It's Dolly fucking part. She do what she wants. Then she played Glastonbury, and everybody fucking loved that shit. <laughs> but, and if you want to hear us talk about um, the track listing breakdown, uh, check out the most recent episode of Something Good For You with me and Dave. Uh, we talk about the announcement, the album cover, the track listing, all the special guests. Um, because actually, I'll bring this up on here. Dolly Parton is big enough to have a Beatles reunion yeah. She's covering Let It Be with Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr. Good for her. That is fucking cool. When you know, you're Dolly Parton, you get to call the rest of the Beatles that are alive back in the studio and go, all right, fellas, we're going to do some music. So she's a she's she's a millionaire. Yeah. But technically, if she didn't have her charity, somebody did the math, she would be the richest woman. Somebody said that the amount of charity work she does goes into the billions. Wow. So like they're like, because she chooses to live in fucking Seaverville, Tennessee, and fucking have a theme park and all this stupid shit near Gatlinburg, uh, 
she decided just to do, do charities. But somebody like did the math on this about four years ago. They're like, yeah, she would have been technically the richest standalone woman that isn't part of a couple. Wow. And I'm just like, God damn, Dolly. Because she, she went back and bought all her old material back from that fuckhead husband of hers yep. before he died and it's like that's how they, that's how she's been able to keep everything alive so yeah if she wants to do a Beatles reunion Rolling Stones reunion fucking Jimi dude, Hendrix out the fucking grave dude <laughs> the, the, the track listing stacks you definitely gotta check it out yeah. it's amazing but yeah um, we and Dave and, and I were gonna actually cover Rock and Roll Hall of Fame since so something good for you is kind of like music based we were gonna cover that but I don't know I think both of us kind of like right before we hit record went Fuck the Rock and Roll yeah, Hall of Fame, <laughs> and yeah. so we didn't even bother that's, that's going. Same thing words that came out of Bruce Dickinson's mouth. Yeah, yeah fuck him. <laughs> He's like, we don't do this shit to be in the fucking Hall of Fame. Besides, half those motherfuckers suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, Iron Maiden. I guess you're right. <laughs> to the hills. This is like technically playing the greatest fucking guitar solos of the time. But uh, a last little thing to the news thing: uh, Bear Season Two has been announced yes. for next month. I am very much so, so looking forward to that. So you need to move quick so <laughs> I can go home and watch Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> or we can daisy chain the Ethernet cord from across the fucking parking lot. Well, bro, I'm going to be having that Google Fiber, baby. We, we can stream as much as we want in the new place. But on that note, it's actually time for us to get a little serious. Yeah, I guess. Okay. As we move on into our main topic. <laughs> Well, as we mentioned earlier, there is currently not a whole lot of news going on because as of recording this, uh, we are two weeks in to a writer strike. Yes, the 2023 Writers Guild of America strike is happening as we speak. Uh, damn, it is 2007 all over again. Because that's the last time we had one of these. Uh, every handful of years, um, negotiations get reopened in Hollywood. Um, and the last few years, um, either A, they had no new requests, or B, uh, any new requests that the Writers Guild had. Um, Hollywood and its executives were just using the overarching umbrella term of Hollywood, that being movie executives, TV executives, ABC, NBC, it, Pixar fucking universal all the, the consortium of makers yes <laughs> just the overarching Hollywood but this year they went nah 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 we ain't doing that and they went but we need to live and they're like right but no yeah and they went well we're gonna quit writing for you and they were like I right, that's cool yeah and like well we're gonna do it like bet it's a breakdown of any other type of union organization and like it, the wga has been around for a very long time uh almost as long as the screen actors guild which has a funny story of how it came to be uh but with this what i think people don't realize because a lot of like all the negative stuff about the wga is like all oh, their millionaires who write stuff no they're not they're writers one guy writes something for one episode and he has to live off the residuals of that thing and that's that's not a lot of money. That's like working one day and living off that one day pay. And there's a lot of struggle with this because I kind of see that with also the niche market of workers and the uh, the hustle guys. You know, who, you know, they are busting their ass trying to make quality content for the masses and trying to divvy up how that money's regurgitated back to you. It's kind of hard to define. You know, it is. But I will say, um, which is a very 
odd thing but like doing podcasts for so long and music for so long i have to wear the hat being in the entertainment industry i do have to say that writing for tv is one of the few creative fields that you do not get residuals on so for instance um i write a song i take it in uh, the producer goes, hey, this is a great song, but instead of going to a D every time, how about we go to a G, we move this part around, and this line needs to be reworked instead of saying, you know, we all party, say you all party, you know, whatever. That producer is going to get songwriting credits and producer credits. When that gets submitted into BMI, their information is accredited. So anytime it gets radio play, anytime it gets streams, records, sales, anything, they get royalty rights because they had a hand in it. When someone writes an episode of a TV show, they get paid for that work, a little pat on the back, and sit on their way. Much like the comic book world was back in the day. Artists, like all the classics, would be paid for that piece, and that was it. They didn't own their art. They weren't allowed to do anything with it. They didn't get, if that wound up being the best-selling comic book of that year, if they became like the most popular illustrator ever, they only got paid that one time for the comic books until, I forget who it was. I should have done research on that, but there was a few writers and inkers and tracers and people in the comics world that banded together and was just like, no, we deserve residuals on this. You know, you're, you're making bank. You're making all this you know merchandise with my artwork on it i deserve residuals from this and now they're getting yeah, it. it was like the stevie it goes and stuff like that around that time when his family came across the whole oh wait you've been making stuff out of my fucking grandpa's shit this past few years what the fuck we're and we not and we're living in poverty yeah so like it's it is it is a interesting situation it is for tv and now they're trying to get it to where it's the same thing now for TV and movies. So, yeah. for instance, the writers on Endgame, the writers of New Girl, yeah. all of these writers, if we if we rewatch it on a streaming service, much like if we re-listen to a song on Spotify, they would get a residual cut. Yeah. If it winds up being the best move, best uh, grossing movie of 2023, they get that cut as as well as the actors because the actors get the cuts. Yeah. Why is it that these actors are getting residuals, but not the people that crafted the story? It is it is kind of a nasty kind of subject a little bit because like who who deserves the money. And so you got the producer who's investing money, who's making, you know, intellectual changes. You got the executive producer who's got the most stake. You got the director who's putting his name on the line, trying to show direction of a story. Hey, this is how we need to watch it. Hey, this is what the writer wrote. So let's let's direct it into what he's saying, but in a way that's conducive for the audience. So you got all these hands in the pile for like a movie, even a television show, even a streaming show, because if you think about it, a streaming show on Netflix or Hulu or fucking Disney, that's all filmed at once. That is, it's filmed like a movie. So, like the 15 hours that takes to film a movie, it's probably like 25 to 30 hours for a show because oh, we're, we're oh gonna, yeah. if it's a 10 episode series at 30 minutes a pop, yeah, we're going to need a lot of content just because we can cut it, rework it. Let's do flashback episodes, something stupid, you know? Yep. We're doing all this stuff and we're writing all this shit. And you're telling me that if it even made the standard amount of money, that you guys can't guarantee your residuals. Uh, a big part of this is something we talked about uh, 
weeks ago when I brought it up with HBO, removing OG content from their streaming service. And I think this is what was the predecessor for the strike was, hey, you signed a contract with me saying we're going to make a show original for HBO, but now you're telling me that after four seasons of us writing this show, you're going to take it off streaming, but you are the sole owner of this series, but you're still going to take it off? What the fuck? That gets they're fucking with my money. Yep, one hundred percent. And a lot of these guys, you know, that write all this stuff, there's going to be a hardcore impact, not just in streaming, but in regular TV that's gone to shit already. But also movies. Yeah, full stoppage on productions, full stoppage on new seasons. Disney, I think, has served it most. They've been more proactive about it. They're like, no, we we've stopped production. Uh, these movies have been delayed to coming soon, and we saw that a month ago yep but all your shows all those little continuum shows that you guys have been writing let's you're gonna have to put a pause on that and that's that's gonna affect the bottom line and that's what a strike is supposed to do it's supposed to affect the bottom line for the people that you rely on to make your product um i'm not i'm not advocating for full unions of everything but like there is a you know they are a special t group yeah you know they do a special type of job being a tour, which is a storyteller it's fucking hard. Yeah. I think the funniest conversation I heard was on last podcast I left where the guy's like, like, no, the guy writing it is struggling the most. The guy who making it up, he can just do that. And they're like, what the fuck did you just say? No, it's harder to make up a story than write it down. He's like, no, but the guy with the quill is like writing it down. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> You're telling me the hardest worker in storytelling is Microsoft Office? <laughs> I'm just like, that argument? Perfect. Is the perfect example of what movie producers think when it comes to movies. And I'm just like, God damn, horror movies would be so much better if producers just shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and another guy, uh, because I've, I, like I said, I've watched quite a few different videos on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the residuals is only like one tiny mm-hmm. piece of it. Uh, there's, there's multiple different aspects. And another one of them is... The main reason the pushbacks were happening is they were like, we can't afford this. Yeah. You're asking for too much money. This is a dying industry anyway. Look at streaming. This is this is dying, you know, guys, mm-hmm. while you're you're bleeding us dry. Oh yeah. You're bleeding us dry. How much did you make? A billion fucking dollars. <laughs> <laughs> we printed our own fucking money, you son of a bitch. And and I'm looking for the exact number here. Um but it's pennies. Yeah, pennies on the dollar compared to what executives are getting so, uh, yeah. the the one the the numbers i'm thinking of adam con over from adam room is everything yeah he was on i think cnn yeah and he made a very telling uh, uh last uh tail end to his little speech yes uh but he was breaking down the numbers he goes essentially what what we are looking for is half of the salary of a major studio head to yeah. be divided among all of us yeah he's like if we can't afford the salary of one more head to be divided among all the writers, then yeah, maybe Hollywood is in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> and you know he was very pointed about that because well, I, was, I saw that same video, but someone had posted one three months ago mm-hmm. where he was on there talking about a potential writer strike, and he's a big comedy writer for Dropout and College Humor. So if he's saying that. And they're all just on a little streaming service of personal content because all the motherfuckers are writers, all of them. They're not all actors. And see that 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 right there. I'm just like, if you don't hear the fucking whistleblower saying it out loud, you deserve all this. 
Every last fucking bit of it. Well, see, and that's what makes me curious is I know that this is an overarching, you know, let's say, well, the whole industry is having the problem, but let's just say 40% of the industry is what's really rising up and the rest, the 60% are in solidarity. It's like, you know, we, we may not be experiencing these problems, but you know what? We don't want to experience them in the future. We're with you. That type shit. Unions for unions. Exactly. I would hope slash I wonder if there was any problems in the dropout headquarters or if everyone kind of sat just in solidarity. I I believe it would be solidarity because a lot of those guys are also doing writers content for other like streaming stuff, you know, especially people like Brendan Lee Mulligan and Bria Iyengar and all them, you know, they're still working with fucking like critical role. They're still working. Like they just did a mashup of a new series on dimension 20 from people from critical role. So that yeah. is a two, two pronged, the thing, the two, it's like Fox and CBS coming together to make one show, you know, Hey, it's a special guest thing. And it's, it, it's kind of stopped and they've, They've put out just one episode because it's, you know, it's very concise. It's all writers in a room. But you take a niche group of writers who have a streaming service and compare it to quality of like a bigger streaming service. I've got to say this, the writer ones is always better. Oh, yeah. yeah but, uh, and see, and I also listen, uh, there's like a two and a half hour episode of uh, Fat Man Beyond with uh, Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin. Um, Mark Bernardin is a, a ho- like a legit Hollywood writer. Like he writes for HBO and shit yeah. like that. And he and Kevin actually had a very good conversation because Kevin's in a weird place. Yeah. Well, he, as a director, producer, and stuff, like, yeah, he's on well, the other he, side. But he is a writer. Yeah. But does he work for Hollywood? And they had that conversation. And it was very interesting because Kevin was asking legit questions. He's like, you know, I do stand in solidarity with you guys. He goes, out of principle, I'm also stopping. He goes, but if I weren't friends with you, if I didn't know you, I weren't friends with people in the Writers Guild, if I continued to work, would I be frowned upon? And Mark kind of said yes, but no at the same time, because Kevin and even people like you and me, and I wonder if even Dropout would kind of fall under this weird gray area where it's indie made big. They're they're not working for a large company. So so someone like Kevin Smith before he probably left Miramax or Weinstein or whatever. Yeah, I think he would be perfectly legit in creating something else because you have people like you have writer producers like quentin tarantino a big guy in hollywood but it's still a quentin tarantino production it's not like quentin tarantino with a new pixar film about wood or some shit no he's not going to do that he's going to do his written material his written production his written director and that's it i think those guys are perfectly within the realm of I'm going to keep working and still so solidarity. There are a lot of actors who are helping the Writers Guild, which I like, who aren't writers, who are yeah. just straight up just actors because they know, hey, that good monologue I delivered was written by a writer. So, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there, are, there is a lot of that, which I think is going to pressure the higher ups even more because if you start getting actors involved mm-hmm. and it's just like, God fucking damn, you know how hard it is to procure a fucking actor now? Ugh, fuck. Like, but, but I would wonder if 
if Dropout would eventually even because because the writer strike last time lasted what four months? It's a very long time. That's when that's when TLC and HGN, HGTV, all the reality shows started popping and, off. Uh, History Channel of all fucking places. Eh? So I wonder if Dropout would eventually pick back up because I do feel like they may fall under that gray area of indie got big because from what I can tell from like you know college humor lost all their funding which is the reason why they rebranded to drop out and made it their own you know paid service and now they're thriving on their own sweat they don't have you know the sponsors and everything it's completely crowdfunded i wonder if they would eventually pick back up i do i believe so even before the writer strike ends mainly because they're in that spot and because another thing that kevin and mark were both saying they were like do he's like if you were an indie writer he goes now is your time Mm -hmm. he goes meet with your indie directors meet with your small filmmakers now is your time to write yeah so like the weird thing about the writer's strike there's there's going to be a positive and a negative always yes uh during the first writer's strike we got things like survivor and like other games those are the negatives yeah those are the (laughs) negatives Uh, but but it was very like clip shot it's just like all right we're going to film these fuckers and then we're going to cherry pick create drama put some background music in the background and make it very claustrophobic and weird and aggressive yeah and that'll be the new drama as opposed to days of our fucking lives or some shit you know and then you have these terribly written episodes at shows toward the tail end who are trying to go on a high note they end up just going underwater rescue me had a weird couple episodes where they tried to do episodes without writers and then it picked back up one of the episodes was the um uh, the musical episode. I was going to say that. So any type of show does a musical episode. That is when a producer told a writer to stick it up his ass. And he did. Yep. All the way out the door. And that's why there's a musical episode in like Buffy that doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> no, I still remember that episode Rescue Me so clearly. Proby had like a wall or something fall on him during an episode. And he got put in the hospital and he was in a coma. Yeah. And he was having coma dreams of everyone in the Rescue Me uh, crew like singing and doing dance yeah. moves. And I remember watching this first time through with mom and going like, this is a weird episode. And she goes, I think this was part of the writer's strike. I was like, Oh, that makes sense. (laughs) And like you got all these, but because of the writer's strike, you had other guys like Kevin Smith, you know, Quentin Tarantino, a lot of guys were just, had time to write their own shit and, like, and then do podcasting and stuff like that. that. That was the launch of that entertainment realm. Uh, but with this in 2008, I remember very well that a lot of pilots got put out around 2008 2007 and some of them are really really good and some of them are just like was i high no I, there was no writer no, no, no they made a show called this right like this wasn't like a dream was it like everybody saw this right and thanks to youtube we can nostalgia block everything <laughs> but like, but like it, it is it is kind of fun seeing what other fucking dumpster fire is going to come out of this you know, South Park did a great episode. How low is the bar kind of thing? It's just like, is it honey boo boo? I'm just like, well, the next six months, we're going to find out. Because James Cameron's hopping back in that sub, baby. Yeah. It's just like, what what the fuck is the lowest bar? You already did Milf Manor, which is just a, a circle jerk family fuck time. But like, that's all it is. Uh, but I'm just waiting for the next one, you know? Yeah. Are you going to go as far as to do another stupid like uh, cryptid hunters or something like that you know some reality bullshit that isn't true that yeah. has never been true it has just been 
this is just the story. It's like, hey, remember that guy from Big Brother season three? Yeah, he was weird. Let's follow him around for a little while. Then it just turns into fucking like catfish where it's just like, oh, you met a crazy person online. <laughs> like, that's, 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 that's what it is. And it is, you know, the lowest common denominator of television, but it's still television. So yeah. that's, that's the only thing I worry about the writer strike are them just like hitting the brakes against the writers. And it's like, let's just see what happens. See what we can come out, come up with. Not movies so much, but television and just like content because Netflix likes to burn their shit constantly. They just canceled two new shows uh, that I found out that actually had like high Metacritic ratings and you know people critic ratings. So that's another end of it. You're saying supposedly had high plays. I'm not. I'm not talking about plays. I'm talking about critic ratings. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. The plays are another aspect of this writer strike. Right now, no one ever truly knows the numbers that Disney Plus, Hulu, Netflix, HBO, Paramount, all of those. No one truly knows the numbers they pull. Every one of these companies keep that number very close to the chest. Their stock owners don't know. The only people that know are the number crunchers in the CEO boxes. They also want that information transparent. That way they can go, look at the streaming numbers. This is your number one show. You're showing the number. Where's the check? And I think that's also going to be something very valid. And I think that would be very helpful in the way of getting shows renewed and brought back. Because I feel like there's a lot of times where a show gets taken away, gets put on a streaming service... And it does very well, but still somehow doesn't get renewed again. Now we'll actually be able to truly see the numbers and be like, oh, yeah, no one's watching Big Mouth. Get rid of it. Why are you renewing this show? Get rid of Big Mouth. Bring back I don't fucking know. Stargate. (laughs) You know, it's like, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, like it it is. It is kind of a weird situation because you're never going to know those numbers for good because if i am a ceo maybe I will, one day yeah maybe uh it just reminds it kind of reminds me of the old days of the internet when you went to the home page and there was that little number at the bottom number of visits and it's just like oh my god look thirteen thousand people visit this website and i'm one of them and it's just like look oh at me congrats- and then you're like refreshing the page yeah. just to watch the number go up yeah. congratulations you're the 125th thousandth person today that watched the opening episode of new girl this is like god damn it <laughs> i would like to see those numbers yeah. i think it'd be kind of cool be yeah. like oh i'm the first person today to watch this yeah and of all the like really good shows that came and gone on netflix especially it is kind of a hardship thing to do. It's like when I watch a show on any channel, if it's good, I'm going to watch it period. But if you keep making good shows and taking them off the fucking streaming service inside job. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you take those shows and you've made them like you made them, this isn't like some fucking parks and rec, 30 rock office kind of thing where it's like oh who's got the office who gives a shit the show's been on for fucking 40,000 years <laughs> but like you made this this should be on here forever like Stranger Things should never leave I was about Netflix. to say I was like watch it be they're about to get rid of Stranger Things I believe as soon as season 5 ends they'll fucking take it off really you I, think I, so I, they'll give it a year and then fucking take it off and it'll be the biggest fuck you to customers because it had rewatch value yeah 
unlike some of the other stupid shit that gets put on there that is syndicated. That's the word I was looking for, syndicated. There are shows that don't need to be on syndication forever. Yeah. You know, like I can imagine Hulu taking King of the Hill off temporarily to show the new season. Yeah. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can see them doing that because that's what they do. Like, that's why you can't watch full. Well, I feel like King of the Hills is going to move over to Paramount and yeah. that's going to be the thing. But like, but like, that's why you can't watch full sequels of movies. It's like, oh, I can watch Scream 1, 3, and 4. I got to pay to watch 5. Okay. What the fuck? <laughs> why, why can't I watch all these movies? And it's just like, yeah, streaming used to be cool back in the day when you could watch all fucking eight Jason movies. Yeah. But like... It, <laughs> It, it kind of pisses me off that those people who write that shit, who are writing a really good story, even your directors of episodes, aren't getting what they deserved. Yeah. If I'm watching, like, I found this out years ago when I was watching YouTube. If I don't watch a YouTube video from beginning to end, some of those guys don't get money. Yep. And I'm like, what the fuck? And that's why I just leave it. Is watch time, is retention. Yeah, but like, if I skip through an episode to this one little part, you're telling me he's still not getting paid. Okay, fuck this. I'm just letting them all play. He's getting a fraction of the fraction. Yeah, and it's and it's bullshit, you know. It's no different than going online and watching like a podcast and being like, oh wait, hey guys, check this out. Here's when Alex and Chris were talking about this on, on a YouTube stream, mm-hmm. and they just single that out. And we got nothing. Yeah. And that's why I think a lot of these guys like LPN and all these other podcasts you know, are doing little clips yeah. of episodes. And it's just like, hey, here's a short little palette glitter. Bam. Here's a funny story. Here's just like a two minute, three minute thing. Oh, trust me, bro. As, as soon as I get all this shit with the apartment sorted out and I get my actual office space set back up again, as you saw before, you know, I, we had, I did all my other shit. I had that whole extra bedroom up there set yeah. decked up it was ready to roll every time we wanted a podcast and then life happened yeah divorce (laughs) had had to get a roommate and then i moved into the small room and it just became my room and then i haven't had an office for like the last four years (laughs) so or three years so once i get the new place i'm gonna have an office space again dedicated working area and when i have that we're we're, i'm I'm definitely going to be doing some clips and segments yeah. and all that stuff. I've been slowly gathering Have the Hammer pieces. do animated versions of us talking about fucking Chipotle. Bro, if if I had the money, I there is so many times I, I still have a segment in my phone somewhere of a perfect clip of you ranting that I'm like, I want this animated so bad. Call, it, call up Draw Free and tell him to make it for you. <laughs> Hey, Drawfee, I, I got a, I got a guy. He's kind of weird. So can you, can, you, can you make a little like yellow bobble of him and just like put this out for us? Yeah, that, that's what I need. I need an animator that just needs practice. I'm yeah. not look. I'm not going to give you the whole. Do it for exposure. No. Do it for practice. Do it to hone your craft more. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, because I, I can't offer you exposure, but I can offer you a lot of practice. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's another part of the whole. That's another part of the, like the writer's part of it is you know. What are they being paid? And it's, it's kind of a big mystery because some writers are contracted out. Some guys uh, are like let's say a version of this is Stephen King. Like he makes he writes a book and then they pay him to be a screenplay writer. Uh, well, a lot of studios are trying to get rid of the writer's room. Yeah. And that's another sticking point. A lot of them are just like, why even have a writer's room? We'll just 
pay you like a freelancer. You just type on your computer at home, monkey boy, and you just send me the scripts and we'll just send you the cash out. Yeah, 100 monkeys at typewriters write Shakespeare every day. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, that that's essentially what they're wanting to do is turn them into work for hire, cash out. Well, another folks. thing of this, we talked about it briefly, but uh, when we were talking about like South Park was, do you feel that as we progress into the writer's strike or even just like media in general, how much of an AI would really kick into this story because I worry about that because I love AI art yeah. because it is a feeder system where you just feed in objects and it, and it makes something new of its own creation. Yeah. Uh, but like how far could we push AI to write a screenplay for a pilot show based on the, the, diagnostics and you know all these different graphs and charts of what people like who they like how they like to be portrayed hey how far before we just incinerate the sitcom and just make it into an ai fucking progression and to see what happens no i totally because once they figure out hands it's over we're done (laughs) i I get what you're saying on that one uh i've got two comments on that one i actually had a meme saved for this literally it was made by an ai probably yeah it's just it's just a text meme and it says to replace creatives with ai clients will need to accurately describe what they're looking for we're safe yeah yeah you can't describe (laughs) like you can't give me a show that has this, this slow down Take a take a breath. <laughs> well, but the joke is, is no one truly knows what they're looking for. No. You need someone with that creative, quote unquote, third eye mm-hmm. to kind of see through the bullshit. Perfect example. I'm not going to name names, um, but I tried to do a um, social media commercial for a local business, and I was like, okay, you know, so so what is it that we're wanting to kind of you convey know here. convey? Oh, I don't know. Just make me a video. Okay, great. Uh, let me uh, let me give you some options. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, okay, well, are we wanting, you know, something like this, something like this? Oh, we're whatever you think is going to work. No vision, no, no idea. Just yeah. just make me a commercial. So it's like I had to work on nothing and just kind of like get an idea from like the area and everything. That's which, called which a producer, was, which, <laughs> which was fine. It, it was it was a fun task. It, it was a fun exercise. But and that's not abnormal. You run into those kind of people all the time. Okay, yeah, I'll design your logo. What kind of logos do you like? Oh, I just need me something. Okay. Right. Well, what what kind of attitude are you wanting to convey? Oh, well, you know, just just something bold. You know, so it's like people sometimes have a hard time really describing what they're looking for in order to get good results from AI. You have to properly feed it. You have to give it good prompts because I've at least messed around with the text because I was curious. I've I've asked AI about the fill ins and it's gotten about 75 percent of it right. And it's fucking creepy. No, it's fantastic. It's because fucking without, creepy. Because soon we will have to think. And it's going to be fun. Because that's another thing I need to stop doing. <laughs> I will say, apparently I had a men- member named Thunderfoot on Fuck guitar. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So so according to ChatGPT. Was uh, he from Nutbush or, <laughs> or Sack Rattle? <laughs> but I, I had old Thunderfoot on guitar. So that was I remember funny. those days. Those are wild. Oh, yeah. Like we were doing Sherm. Oh, old Thunderfoot. <laughs> if they mentioned Sherm, if we voted the podcast, if they mentioned Sherm, we'd be fucking losing it. Because just like, that, was just like a, that was just like a throwaway. And I'm just like, God damn. Hell yeah, man. Right my fucking episode, dude. <laughs> I do need to ask ChatGPT about the Something Good Network. Mm. Um they probably just mentioned Whitney Cummins because of her fucking podcast network is almost the same. What is it? 
something good for you. Oh no, shit! Really? I think so. But, oh fuck her! But, but ours, like hers, is fairly new. Let me look that up first. Whitney Cummings. Yeah. Oh no. White lady, black hair. Well, I I know Whitney Cummings. Let's see podcast network. I almost put Podnet. <laughs> but yeah, she she has something close to the name. Uh. Good for you, yeah. Whitney Cummings. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, that's if, fine. if it said something at the beginning of it, bro, I would be on her ass. Well, that's not like what I made. The, what it I, may not be trademarked, but I have yeah. intellectual property. It's been around long enough. We were here first. Fuck you, pay me. Yeah, but like uh, oh. the, the cryptic conspiracy cult. Like I was just fucking surprised as shit. No one had that. Dude, I am so glad we nabbed that. I was like, LP, that's I'm solid. Surprised, I'm surprised LP had never made that by mistake back when they were on Cave Comedy Radio. Just like, let's just trademark it just real quick. And just like, y'all just never <laughs> aired it. What, what would you do? What would I do? No, what, what would you do if... I logged into my Gmail. There was an email from Marcus Parks. He's like, hey, man, I really like that name. I know you don't have it trademarked, so like technically I could steal it from you, but I want to offer up some money. How much would he have to offer for us to give up the Crypto Conspiracy cult? Mm. And we would have to rename it. We'd have to take all the episodes down because we Ooh. introed each one as the Crypto Conspiracy cult. Uh, it's gonna but, be time to rewrite but, the old ones. <laughs> but but LPN wants the name. How much would he have to pay for us to take it all down, and then them have the name, and we'd have to start all over under a new name? We cool could no 50, longer use cool fifty thousand each. Think you th- and free access to their streaming for free in perpetuity because <laughs> six dollars and sixty six cents for the streaming is fair. <laughs> But I want it free of perpetuity. <laughs> just for the... <laughs> just for the... Just, just because we're like, yep. Okay, I'll, I'll accept And you know what it. I would do with that 50000 I would subscribe to their fucking Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but you already said you wanted it for free. No, I'm talking about their streaming, which is like the, the streaming events where they're yeah, doing yeah, like yeah. comedy shows and stuff. But I, uh, yeah. yeah 50, I, I, I would, I, I'd get down with that one. 50, I, I can't 50, say no that. each for me and you, and that would be... That'd be fair. We could do a lot with that. Yeah. <laughs> I would take six months off work, <laughs> pay all my debts. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask ChatGBT um, while we were on the chat about the Something Good Network, yeah. but uh, apparently I forgot my password. Mm. Oh, well. But another thing about like just the writer strike in general is you were talking about like indie writers and directors. Yeah. You know, another part of that was Saul came out of that. You really? Know, uh, big. It was a big... Uh, kind of guy he was um it was around 2006 okay the guy was a writer who did residuals and wasn't getting enough right uh he was part of the the guild but the guild hadn't decided to you know renegotiate at that time okay and so he ended up writing saw and filming it on a budget because he was at the beginning parts of what would eventually become a strike two years later so stuff like that happens and you were talking about people that kind of fly under the radar, like Kevin Smith, because who, right. who I would consider fair to keep working, yeah, because he is a writer and he's a production person, so he's doing his own thing, right? Uh, would someone be like Ty West or Ari Aster, who are doing horror movies on the sly because they're the writer, producer, and directors? You know, uh, the the Triple X franchise that's been coming out, uh, XXX, which was a horror movie that came out. Uh, mm-hmm. 
uh, two years ago. Last year was Pearl, which is the sequel, and now they got a new one called Maxine with three X's, which is the third and final installment to that franchise. Right. Those are those are A twenty four indie films, like <laughs> every fucking one of them, and they're fun as shit, and they're outdoing, you know, your bigger stuff like Maverick and stuff like that. You know, right. those movies are big in theaters, but these movies are getting like cult fucking hits. Uh, I think we'll get more content like that of indie writers writing, producing, and with the technology now, making their own movies to their own standard. So instead of waiting for a producer, hey, I got a show about a sitcom family, blah, blah, blah. Can you write a script? It's like, yeah, I could do that. Give me one second. I'm still working on my thing too. You know what I'm saying? Like right. Changing the dynamic of content when you get stuff like, I don't know if you remember us talking about the movie Skinamarink. Yeah. Fucking lowest budgeted movie got introduced at Cannes, high ratings, high stuff. And he's just now putting it on streaming. But it is the lowest budget horror movie to make back its money very hmm. quickly. Uh, and he's still getting pirated. Like, it's pirated now, but like he's still like, please watch it. Just watch it. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, so when you get guys like that who are on the front end before mm-hmm. the strike, that really kicking into gear when the strike happens. Right. I think that kind of gives hope to the people that are in the guild. They're like, okay, if this does, if this does go south, I still have the option creatively to try something new right without big studio interference and a lot of studios acknowledge that kind of stuff you know we do have these big giant portrayal movies you know we uh, there will be blood and a new movie coming out uh killing under killings under the flower moon which is a new scorsese movie and i'm just like yeah i probably won't go see that in theaters but give me something this die did in a closet like for like 45 bucks in like Apple movie or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, I'm watching that. Well, do you think something like King of the Hill is going to be affected? Because in think, a slight way. Because so the way I look at because we kind of talked about that a little bit on the last episode. Mm-hmm. But since we've kind of delved into the facts of it and, you know, who's affected, who's in solidarity. I would believe that Mike Judge would be in solidarity with them. But at the same time. When we look at the do they get a pass, yes, King of the Hill is going to be streamed on Hulu, which is owned by Disney, but the production company is Mike Judge's production company. That would be like if Dropout were filming a movie and then Netflix was going to stream it. Yeah. They wrote it for them. Netflix is happening to stream it for them. King of the Hill is being written by Mike Judge's production company. Hulu is happening to host it. We're not writing for Hulu. It's not like the boys that are writing for Amazon. Would King of the Hill be affected? I believe in like uh, release date. Yeah. Yeah, just just like on the face value of like, hey guys, we waited for the writer strike to end. All the contracts have been signed, but like on the back end, it's just Mike like, Judge God, and, fucking damn it, show up for work. Yeah, <laughs> but on the back end, Mike Judge and what what's his other name? Uh, uh, something Dotrieve. Yeah, uh, two of them are like in their fucking beds Jim with Dotrieve, their Mac. Yeah. yeah, are in their fucking beds with their MacBooks. Well, like you know, it's kind of like the writers for The Simpsons. You know, as many people have gone through that writers' room classes of people have been in and out of that Conan O'Brien was one of the first ones you know Matt Browning himself was part of it and then he had to step away and so with those kind of people 
I wouldn't say they get a pass, but I would say they would objectively wait for their stuff to be released so other people could start their jobs back. Yeah, that so makes like sense. There, there's a there's a certain solidarity. Um, I worked at a place that had a union. Uh, it was the UAW, United Auto Workers, and I didn't work for the United Auto Workers. I worked it, as a kitchen manager that ran the cafeteria of that factory. So there is this kind of idea because we live in North Carolina, which is a right to work state where your union doesn't fucking matter. Uh, when I have to cross that picket line just to do my little job inside of the bigger place where people are doing bigger jobs for higher fucking pay, there is this idea you get, this very weird conservative idea. It's like, if you throw one fucking thing in my car, I'm going to fucking shoot all of you. Like, <laughs> like, I had to do that. I had to drive through these people to get to my job. Right. And like, I could understand the forceful nature. I can understand... That's why that Amazon episode of uh, South Park was so good. Yeah, it's like I shoved him in a fucking box and killed him. And it's like, it's work. yeah, yeah, <laughs> thirteen tons. What do you get? <laughs> but like, it is that idea because what we're seeing in the news is the negative part of it. People in the streets just fucking yelling and shit. It's just like, no, they got pushed to that. You know, that's that's why a protest exists is because you push people to that. The fact that it has to happen like that is ridiculous. That's what people also see, like in not to get all political or societal on the couch potatoes, but like that's what people seem to also kind of forget is like sometimes when you're seeing the big outburst, whether it be society you know, recliner episode would be wild as fuck for us. <laughs> but it's like when you're seeing the outbursts of like, you know, writer strikes or worker strikes and stuff like that, this isn't like one day they walked in and like they said, Hey guys, no more coffee in the break room. And then they went, fuck this. It's not that. Yeah. It's tons of stuff that pile up and pile up and pile up. It's a list of grievances. Yes. And then it's a problem. And I don't know. It just feels like a lot of times, whether it be that or even like so small, it's like, you know, work drama, you know, it's just like, Oh God, someone, you know, quit because of X, Y, Z. And it's like, no, it was because of a whole lot of other stuff too. You're just projecting the small thing saying like, Oh, well it's stupid for them to have done this, you know, over this small thing. It's like, no, there was a lot of other stuff that also led up to that. Yeah. It, so, it does add up and, yeah. it, and it's continuous. Uh, if you're arguing for hours on end with someone, someone's eventually going to start yelling because you've been worn down arguing with someone for hours. Yeah. <laughs> and I could see, you know, I've seen strikes go on from other companies on other sides of things. And, you know, I'm for it, you know, fight for your rights, you know, the, the party fight. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what exactly what you have to do. You know, they're not going to give this shit to you. The object of the game is to make money, not give it to people. So like you, you gotta keep that in mind. Uh, I think there could be some reasonable aspects that the, uh, AMPA, the association of motion pictures could just step up and say, fine, well, here's your money. Here's a slush fund for like help. Cause like the street actors guild, a funny story is if you get a street actors guild card, that means you have spoke on a film that's been produced and made and released. Uh, do you remember the movie, uh, being John Malkovich? Yeah. You remember this? <laughs> Fuck you, Malkovich. And the guy, he gets hit by that. That guy didn't have any lines. He just said that out loud because the director left that in. He's part of the fucking Screen Actors Guild. No one yep. knows who he is, but he got insurance. He got all this because he said, 
three fucking words and two of them were john malkovich yep. and, his, and, and that, that's actually been like a dirty secret is like extras sometimes will try to say yeah. shit to get it slipped in that the way like oh no no no, no. you hear in the very background that's, that's me, me. Yeah, that's, that's me, me. I, I spoke but like, I, I'm in. But like little stuff like that's kind of the funny part of the guild. But when you find out, if you go back and look at why the Screen Actors Guild exists, do you know why it exists? Why? James Cagney was in a movie where he played a gangster and he was getting shot at. Okay. Fun fact, they didn't have special effects to make bullets. So they had a professional marksman shoot at him with real bullets. This happened in all early films up until the Screen Actors Guild was formed where they just said, I don't want to be fucking shot at. Can you do that? Can you? Just figure a way not to shoot me in the face. And that's how it became the Screen Actors Guild. Along with some other stuff, but that was the main point. James Cagney just saying, hey guys, don't fucking shoot me. Try not to shoot me. But they were like professional marksmen with with automatic machine guns. You know, people who could write their name with a typewriter. You know what I'm saying? That is amazing. That is fucking fantastic. All these movies that talk about people getting shot by accident, I can understand it's fucking horrible and depressing and disgusting. But back then, it's just like, oh, that's hazard pay, man. That's that's all that is. It's like, here's an extra 30 bucks a year. <laughs> Go out there and be somebody. Alec Baldwin's heard that and said, fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real, because of that is why we have rules in place. That's yeah. why the whole Brandon Lee thing didn't happen for years before and years after. You know, this was an accident. Yeah. You know, the Alec Baldwin straight up fucking accident because... Yeah. I'm gonna put a bullet in there, you know. Who? Who? It's a goddamn conspiracy. That's who. Uh, but actually, to circle back to your original question about AI, because mm-hmm. because we did trail off on that. I I do think that there are going to be production companies that say, "All right, fuck you guys. We what, will use AI." Yeah. Two things. One, I couldn't get into the system because I realized I never created an account. And they're set, and they've closed down creating new accounts. Mm-hmm. I think they're trying to put a halt to it. I yeah. think they temporarily shut down their thing until the writers get their shit. Yeah. I think they are looking at that. But side two, if there were people that still had accounts and they still have access to it, I think South Park perfectly illustrated why it won't happen. You cannot feed an algorithm emotion. Yet, no, 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 oh, no, no, no matter how much Star Wars wants to make us believe that these robots are sentient, you cannot create a thoughtful, heartfelt, meaningful story through AI. It will be very surface level because I kind of tested it because South Park even brought up the idea of, you know, well, it's a good writer's assistant. Now went, okay. I've got a couple working songs. Let me feed it my lyrics and let's see what it comes up with. All of it was garbage. It was all very surface level. It never really like maybe one or two lines were kind of clever. That I was like, okay, well maybe I could use these one or two lines and maybe create something brand new, but I can't use any, like I can't use like 95% of this. Like it doesn't work. This isn't good. I try new prompts. Okay, maybe I just fed it something weird. And no, I tried three or four different lyric prompts and none of it really worked. None of it fit. None of it felt right. So 
I think that the main hurdle you're going to have is when people try using AI for writing, we're going to immediately see it. It's going to feel even more plastic, more manufactured than it already does. I could see because technology grows so fucking fast when you create something new. I could see them doing projected entertainment, which is uh, something to do a lot with movies. Hey, this is Olympus has fallen. The president's being attacked. This is the other movie that's exactly the fucking same with a different title. Yeah, White House Down. That's what the other one. These are two movies objectively the same. Can you tell me which one was written by an AI? I think they're going to market that into pilots, put it in front of a group of people, who really make the decisions. Hey, what did you think? What do you want to change? And just feed that into the fucking AI. And eventually it will learn and grow because that's the, that's the scary thing about AI. That's its, its function is to learn and grow. It still can't draw hands for some fucking reason, which I they get They are that. getting better. They are getting better. When I was seven, I couldn't draw hands and I still can't today. So I use that. I use that and created up fallacies and conspiracies. So, <laughs> see, I grew and learned. <laughs> I grow and learn. I grow and learn. I'm the smartest I, boy. I read right. <laughs> I read right. Uh, but I think we're going to see that in a whole nother thing too. Because uh, someone brought up the point of, I love this idea because I know it's made rich people just shit their pants, was, well, we spent a lot of money on a CEO and a lot of CEOs are concurrent CEOs at other companies. So one guy could be a CEO of multiple companies and make millions upon millions. It's like Reddit, Reddit moderators. Yeah, it's just like, couldn't we replace you for decision-making with an AI uh, 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 well, well you uh, see uh, Scott did and it's like shut the fuck up and just take him out back and put a bullet in him and it's just like guess what you don't have to give him that golden parachute what do you hey who's running the company uh, server and Matt <laughs> who's Matt oh he just makes sure the that's cold. that well that that's an acronym that's M period A period T period T period M A T T like uh, that, that's that's the that's the leader of the company making decisions with growth and you know with that you know I could see that being a big fucking thing hey what's the next big company it's not owned by a man <laughs> it's owned by K E V I N yeah it don't give a fuck motherfucker uh, and with the writers strike and the chat gpt thing i think we're about to see that next i think the writer strike will last probably till the rest of the summer because that's usually when the fall series start coming out so they really need to figure something else because you gotta have something to watch on television yeah and you really do another thing is i found out was uh sports statistics have actually gone into the uh realm of the ai chat gpt i heard about that which uh, we do need to eventually have our AI segment. We will get to that. Yeah, it's just us reviewing Terminator 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> du, 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 du. You see, Sarah Cotter is. <laughs> but yeah, so like I, I, could, I could see the writer's strike ending soon. I don't see it ending amicably. Mm. I think the streaming service game has really changed the industry because you can pick and choose syndication of your own product and telling a writer, hey, better luck next time. Yeah, and that's what sucks. And there's a large field of actors and writers who are kind of dead set on this kind of getting done. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think the the quality of content might go downhill for the next six months. Oh, it absolutely will. Um, I could see them delaying movies even further. Really? Yeah, I could. I I could totally agree with that. Like uh, Disney, especially, they have more money. They have weighed out money right now, so they've they're fine. Yeah, I mean, but but if they don't have writers, yeah, but some wait out money, they they can wait it out, and once it gets solved, yeah, they can start 
amp it up production again. Yeah. They could probably test the water with some animated shows and, you know, like some kids shows with chat GPT or just something similar to AI. I, I could see them trying that out because it is very niche. It is very just like, Hey kids, let's speak Spanish together or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. like the door Explorer type stuff. <laughs> you know, I can see them doing something like that with AI. Cause I'm pretty sure AI could just write something like that. Uh, but that would be the stepping stone into the next young adult next to adult next to, you know, movies and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's all a process and it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> That's the great thing about the future. It's fantastic, but yet terrifying. I want to live in the future. The future sucks. <laughs> yeah, man. I just want flying cars and shit. All we got is helicopters and fucking DoorDash. <laughs> and NFTs. NFTs. Hey, be a shame if somebody funged that token, wouldn't it? <laughs> which is which is another scam created created by the fucking art people. That's another thing I have with the, these people that make art. It's all fucking fake. You're creating your own currency for bullshit. It's all supporting the war in Ukraine. I know you are. Oh, God. I'll tell you more about this after I talk about the alien sighting in Portugal. <laughs> well, on that note, I think that's a good place to leave this off. We're... We're going to have to figure out what to do with our cows brotatoing if, if we uh, have this writer strike going on for much longer. We'll, we'll have more, we won't have more shit to talk about. Yeah, no, we will. God damn it. Yeah, Hollywood, get on this shit. Give, give these people their money. Give them all their fucking money. Just get that Skrilla. Get that Skrilla. Hell, video games seem to be doing fine. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll just get more gaming-centric. Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. But for this episode of The Cows Brotatoes, I've been Alex and Chris. Do you have any sort of final thoughts for us? Don't fear the reaper, folks. AI will not get you as long as you grow your own corn and have your own water and three chickens. Now, let me explain. The three chickens rule, it is...